0: Thunder. Oh, you <laughs> dummy. It <laughs> did it on its own. You're the dummy. Welcome back to another oh, sons, no. of sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to use it? Go ahead. Life is suffering. That's clear from my interaction with my brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I tell you about how life is suffering.
0: Yeah, and he makes my life more suffering. Oh yeah, life is so hard for you, man. Yeah, I'm just trying <laughs> to pursue what's meaningful though. Oh, see, you're I'm, trying see, to pursue my big what's thing is, what's expedient. My big thing
1: is I'm trying not to pursue what's expedient. Oh, okay. I
0: thought you were pursuing what's expedient. No, 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 no. Nothing I do is expedient. Why Maybe is that? It takes a long time. Because <laughs> life is suffering.
1: That's clear. Yeah. So says Jordan Peterson in his opening of chapter seven, rule number seven, which says pursue, pursue what is
0: meaningful. Wow. I thought you were queuing me up here pursue yeah. what is meaningful not what is expedient
1: Boom. Perk, park let's get a quick summary of this chapter here because this this was a really good one it but, was good but we can't I mean it's we can't super ponti- long dude it's like 40, on I know 40 pages or something it's it's super long it's super good but
0: um what's the what's the synopsis of this chapter? Yeah. Well, so I think he, I think uh, we've talked about how he doesn't build off himself. Kind of, it's it's not very systematic. I actually think in this chapter he's building off his last one. Last time we talked about, you know, we we called it uh, Jordan Peterson, the problem of evil, or answers to the problem of evil. So here he starts with with life is suffering, and then he says people have used this idea that life is suffering to justify uh, their living. Expediently, living for the moment—you know, YOLO, whatever it Uh, is—every generation's got their YOLO. Right. And so he's saying, yeah, I can see why you would do that, but don't do that. Put off, uh, you know, delay gratification, sacrifice towards the future in order to pursue what's meaningful. So you can have meaning. Meaning is worth more than happiness. Meaning is worth more than uh, just the the trivialities uh, that living expediently will will get you so he he traverses this crazy plane of going into Descartes and Dostoevsky and Nietzsche and all these dudes in order to say that point which dude he's clearly well read it's it's awesome I love you yeah know, yeah dropping a quote here and then it's great yeah it's good yeah I'm, so? is that would you say that's a, a good synopsis there yeah, I, I, I guess so. There's, you know, there's
1: a lot of um, a lot of biblical themes that make their way into this. Totally. Here's, I'm going to just, I'm going to tell you my beef with this episode right off, or with this um, rule right off the bat. Yeah. Peterson is going to have a hard time defining what's
0: meaningful. Yeah, I think you're without right.
1: Without a standard, without God as the objective standard of meaning. I mean it's the same problem he keeps running into yeah he needs that universal biblical standard otherwise all someone has has to say is well by my standard what's expedient is what's what's meaningful
0: yeah and that's it well but so i i totally agree i think what peterson would say is because he does go in more on his uh his mythology his his use of of mythos and yeah how, um, you know, meaning kind of comes first and then you develop the myth of it. And so what he would say, I think, to that is there's these archetypes that have come up from, you know, human history out of the great unconscious, uncon- unconscious, uh, and you can't transcend these archetypes because they've, they map onto reality. Mm-hmm. And so if you yourself are trying to buck the archetypal system, then you're going to run into all sorts of problems. And we see that with the neo-Marxist post bloody postmodernists you know like I, I so i think he would say that but i think you're right when when you say there is no external uh, like reference point because man is the measure of all things for peterson right and not not an individual man but the unconscious man the collective unconscious man the the archetypal and here he goes in again and again he keeps saying you know um God and the stories of the Bible are, they're myths, not in the sense that C.S. Lewis meant, but in the sense that they're they are useful fictions. Like, they, they are fictions, and his whole view of truth is just different. You know, we say, yeah, truth and meaning. That's awesome. We love that. But he means something different when he talks about truth and when he talks right. about meaning.
1: Right. And, you know, okay, I give him credit. Here's why. Because yeah. he understands the importance of
0: sacrifice.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you really get this on page 164. He talks about Cain and Abel. Yeah. And and then uh, a third of the way down the page, there's a section called The Delay of Gratification. And here's what he says. When engaging in sacrifice, our forefathers began to act out what would be considered a proposition, if it were stated in words, that something better might be attained in the future by giving up something of value in the present. Yeah, And, you know, that is a really salient point right now, Park, because uh, Pastor Rafe and I on a Worldview Wednesday episode recently just took down that idiotic Smithsonian Institute post that talked about the different attributes and examples of whiteness in society. And okay. One of the examples of whiteness was Oh, yeah, gratification.
0: Yeah, holy and, cow.
1: And they rightly took down that post because it was incredibly asinine. Yeah. But, but what Peterson is, is, is getting at here is, look, this idea of delayed gratification, of sacrificing the present to gain the future, is, you know, this isn't an example of whiteness. This is an example of how to live for meaning.
0: Yeah. Um and along uh I think Van Hooser says this all the time. He probably got it from someone else, but living along the grain of reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Like the yes. winter's coming and if you don't yes. have stockpiles, look to the ant, look to the grasshopper. Look the ant, you slugger. That's you right. know? Like you're you're gonna die, and you could yeah. say, "Well, this is my truth," or whatever, but it's not because you're gonna you have reality to adjust yourself to.
1: That's right. And saying this is my truth doesn't change the fact that you've got a certain fixed number of years and and days and even minutes to your life. Yeah. One day it will end, and be- because of that, you do need to live. Well, let me say this: in light of that, you do need to live for uh, what is going to transcend your meager. Minuscule existence in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, man, grass. And, We're just grass know, in the field. That's right. That's right. I was just listening to a song by um, Mario Esco. You ever heard of him? No. He's a Christian rapper, really good. He's part of Wrath and Grace, but he's got this song called "Feeling Like Grass," and the whole song is about how his, how all flesh, all humanity. Our life is like grass that withers. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, of course, that's obviously a biblical theme, according yeah. to the Epistle of James. But this idea of sacrifice, though, that Peterson's getting at, to, in order to live for meaning rather than what's expedient, we need to sacrifice the expedient. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did, man. I right. mean, look at in Hebrews 12, too. It says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus himself looked to what was ahead. He looked to the glory that was laid out in front of him and sacrificed his presence, so to speak, in order to achieve and attain that glory. And of of course. Jesus, having gone to the right hand of the Father, now invites us to come up with Him and join Him. And it's like, all right, well, how do we how do we join Jesus? How do we um, how do we join Him in that glory that He's achieved? Well, we have to sacrifice what's expedient for us. Now, this is obviously the biblical perspective. We have to sacrifice what's ex- what seems expedient: our personal autonomy, our ability to make decisions apart from from Christ, our uh, desire to pursue the fruit of our lust, which ultimately is all wind and meaningless anyway. But we sacrifice those things; we lay them down on the altar. We come to Christ in repentance and faith, and and He then gives us something that is truly meaningful. He gives us that the ability to, as Peter says to partake in the divine nature yeah. it brings us up to be with christ uh, to be with him on his father's throne i mean that's sort of you know we keep our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith and he uh, as we imitate him we yeah. we in faith he you know we imitating him by uh, by by sacrificing the present for the future but really for us it's faith for him it was work but yeah. We trust in his finished work, and then Dude. he rewards us based on his work. It's pretty
0: Yeah, incredible. I was just reading 1 Corinthians, and Paul Paul goes in there, man. He goes in, and he talks about – because it's it's basically about, like, Christian ethics. Like, how should you live in the church? Yeah. And he just keeps going, and at least that's the, the lens I read it from this time. And he, he's like – He's talking about, you know, suffering uh, wrong. And he's like, shouldn't you suffer wrong rather than take other Christians before pagan judges? Shouldn't you do that? Shouldn't you lay down your rights? And I was just like, dude, man, we, in, in in American Christianity, we have been, you know, so won over by the rights talk. You know, like, someone wrongs you today? It's a gold mine. I got it. I got a screenshot of it. I get to put it on Twitter. I got my receipts. Me. I kept I, the receipt. Yeah, I finally got one, and now I get to feel so good. And it's like, why don't you just eat that? Well, because then, I like, I finally got it. I finally got wronged. I get to show everyone I'm being persecuted, or I'm this, or I'm that, or whatever. And I, I see it all the time, man. I feel the the allure as well. And Paul's like, no, suffer wrong. What? No, lay down right. that. And then he, he says... For the good of winning people, like he says that over and over and over. I was I was convicted by that lately. But this idea of sacrifice that Peterson talks about is, I think it's still a little bit different, right, than than we talk about.
1: Well, yeah, sure.
0: But he brought in uh, two critiques from from Nietzsche, and uh, I'm I'm looking I'm thinking about page one eighty nine. Okay. The second critique that that at least according to Peterson's under, understanding of Nietzsche. Let me just read it. He says, Nietzsche believed that Paul and the later uh, Protestants following Luther had removed moral responsibility from Christ followers. They had watered down the idea of the imitation of Christ. This imitation was the sacred duty of the believer not to adhere or merely to mouth a set of statements about abstract belief, but instead to actually manifest the spirit of the Savior in the particular, specific conditions of his or her life, to realize or incarnate the archetype as Jung had it, to clothe the eternal pattern in flesh. So I think he's totally wrong about Paul and uh, Luther and the Protestants, especially Paul, because he's a biblical author. We would say he's inspired. The Bible says he's inspired, right? Right, So no, there is no like fundamental uh, disharmony between Jesus and Paul because Paul's words are Jesus's words. So sorry, Peterson, but that point is very true today about us not imitating Christ anymore. You know, like we, like, there's so much of, it's so easy to say you're a Christian today in America. You know, like, yeah, we're being persecuted and stuff like that. Not really, not compared to our brothers and sisters around the world.
1: Yeah, but don't play the comparison game though.
0: Well, I'm saying, I'm not comparing uh, to, in order to say like we're we're better or worse. I'm saying it's much easier to say you're a Christian today um, than it was in first century.
1: Oh, sure.
0: Right. So there, if you said you're a Christian, it's gonna cost you something. Yeah. Here it's pretty cheap. Now I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? You know, Donald Trump, I'm a Christian. Have you repented Mm -hmm. of your sins? I don't think I need to. It's like, dude, what? Yeah. You know, so we we need to imitate Christ. Like that's what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Like that you sacrifice your life for Christ. Yeah, take up your cross. like, Like everything. Let go of everything. Follow him. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's sacrifice what's expedient. And now here's the, here's the cool thing. Now, this is where the biblical worldview answers this call that Peterson is calling us to, but can't himself yeah. uh, answer the call of. And, and, and it's, it's this. We've, we've talked about this before, Park. But for Peterson, we've got 70, 80 years in this world. You're supposed to live for what's meaningful here, but the timeline is, you know, pursue what's meaningful sort of within the scope of, if, even if, even if, even if not just your lifetime, but let's say it's your lifetime, you know, maybe down to your grandkids. Yeah. But now we're talking about what 150 years tops, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So pursue what's meaningful that's going to leave a legacy, that's going to, uh, you know, make a positive change. Okay. The biblical timeline. The the biblical worldviews timeline is so much broader and richer than that. Because for me, I can pursue. For me, the expedient is co-extent with my entire life, co-extensive. In other words, co-terminal. Whatever you want to call it. Like, like, like Jesus is calling us. Jesus is just calling us to lay down the next six months so that we'll receive a benefit. Six years from now, or something like that. Mm. Sixty years from now. Jesus is calling us to lay down the next sixty years, or however much time He gives us, in order to receive a benefit and a blessing, and to produce a legacy that 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 is eternal. Yeah. Because it's like you said, okay, yeah, it doesn't cost much to say you're a Christian, right, sure. But when you really start investing in people's lives, investing in the gospel, you start sowing those seeds, you start evangelizing, you start actually taking a hard stand on biblical fidelity and things like that. Well, a lifetime of that, that will cost you. Yeah, Even the Apostle Paul says everyone who wants to live a faithful life will be persecuted. So it will cost you in the end. Jesus is calling us to lay down the whole span of your life as if that's all expedient right? in, in the hope that, the, the sure and certain hope, the biblical hope that you will receive in the next life glory, honor and immortality. Not because of our good work, we're not saved because of that, right. but we, here's the thing, we are saved by grace, but God will reward us there will be greater degrees of reward based on the work that, that we do in this lifetime. So, for us, what it means to be expedient is, is very, uh, is, is much broader than, like, we would put more things into that expedient category than Jordan Peterson would. Do you
0: agree with yeah. that or no? Dude, totally, totally. Yeah, it's the, whole, it's the whole life because, like Christ said, you know, what, is it, what does it gain a man or what, what benefit is it a man uh, if he lays down the uh, expedient right now? and benefits uh, in 10 years, you know, but, but loses his whole soul, Right, right. you know, it's like, that's for us. Yeah. And when you become a Christian for real, you know, cause again, dude, Peterson calls himself a Christian sometimes, you know, and it's like, well, it's easy to say that, but if, if you were reading the Bible and you saw what that meant and you count the costs, like it's a really big deal to say, I'm a Christian because you're saying exactly what you said, your whole life is expedient. I'm laying it down for the, the eternal weight of glory. I'm laying it yeah. down because he's worthy because he bought me because I'm not, well, I'm laying it down, but like he, I belong to him, you know, right. I still have to right. go through that motion and stuff, but he owns me. There's nothing that he can't ask of me.
1: And Peterson does uh, like seem to grasp at that a little bit when he says, when someone asks him, do you believe in God? Yeah. And and you know his response is yeah, we How can about I possibly now. yeah. How can yeah. I possibly say I believe in God? Because he understands that if you say you believe in God, that carries with it an obligation to live for God. Yeah. And, and that sort of man, I wish he would see, I wish he would take that desire to respect the statement I believe in God and this this right desire to sacrifice the expedient for the meaningful. I wish he would put those two together and say, "Yes, you you must sacrifice the expedient, and yes, saying you believe in God does come with a cost. Put those two together: sacrifice your life on the altar, count it all as expedient, or, or Scubala, you know, dumb, yeah. as Paul says, right? And and you know, come on, Doctor Peterson, come on over right. and and truly re- reap what is meaningful. You know, I, I wish he would. Uh, I wish he would see that because, you know, man, I mean, you read this chapter; he knows. He knows he needs, well, he presents life as though it needs to be saved. I, yeah. mean, when I mean, on page 193, you know, he's, he's, he's talking about, I cannot merely order myself to action and neither, neither can you. I will stop procrastinating, I say, but I don't. I will eat properly, I say, but I don't. I will end my drunken misbehavior, I say, but I don't. I cannot merely make myself over in the image constructed by my intellect particularly if that intellect is possessed by an ideology Peterson is is longing for something that will transcend this desire and you know the desire that we all have to be better yeah and and allow us to successfully pursue the meaningful but you know I don't yeah. think he provides that
0: well and and part of it's because he he has to water down all of christianity's doctrines you know so like the the kingdom of god that we would say well the kingdom of god is here and it's growing and it's christ is ruling in the hearts of his elect right now you know there's there's these two kingdoms going on but he's he's doing his thing it's happening it's this metaphysical thing it's a spiritual thing it's a moral thing and peterson has to downplay that he's got to water that down well the kingdom of god is acting you know, as if there's a heaven. Imagine there's a place that's that's heaven. It's just the opposite of hell. We all know what hell is. And so working towards making things better is actually enacting the kingdom of heaven. And it's like, well, not really, dude. Like, I I know what you're saying, but that's the kind of utopian principles that the radical Marxists that you hate say, you know, like, that's a it's it's the same thing because it's the same thing. Liberal Protestantism has been dude saying. for Protestant sure, for sure has been saying for years. Yeah, for social gospel decades. kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so what you were saying earlier was was right because he's got to borrow. He he's intentionally borrowing from the Christian worldview, like intentionally. He says it. He's saying there's, there's all these good truths here, but he doesn't have the bedrock for it, and so he's trying to make up the the bedrock for it. And also he's got his darwinian psychology which kind of militates against it and i think he's trying to mash these together even though he's so admirable like i do admire this guy i admire his i admire the way he sees evil in people you know it's like a weird thing to say but he talks about that i think in this chapter with um ptsd guys uh dudes who came back from the the service and they have ptsd and he's got to help them understand evil because some of them did some really evil things. They're a farm dude from Iowa who is this good, you know, good man who reads from the KJV Mm -hmm. and he goes out and he did something atrocious and he doesn't have, well, if he's reading from the KJV, he might not, right? But um, he might have some more concepts of evil in old English, right? I'm saying uh, guys who don't have a concept of evil and have done evil, really genuinely evil things they they get this warped perception. They don't know what's up until Peterson kind of helps them with that. Mm. But again, man, I don't think it's a deep enough view of evil because it's it's shifting. You know what's evil? What's evil going to be in two hundred years from now? You know if it's if it's humanism, if it's ultimately based in man, even if it is this if we're lobsters, right? Even if it the even if it is this archetypal thing, it, the archetypes are still based on humanity. Just they're based on what humans have done for thousands a year or millennia or whatever. So I don't think there's enough bedrock there. I I like I like what he's saying. I like some things that he's diagnosing. I dude, meaning is huge. You need meaning, and meaning trumps expediency hundred percent. Like you have to live for meaning, and if you don't, you're kind of soft. Like if well, you know, I, I actually do believe that, but it's kind of hard to act on my believies right now. Like you're you're squishy and soft, man. I see. That's my little believe <laughs> That's I think that's Louis C.K. He was like, he was congratulating himself because he, he had the, he had the thought to give up his seat in first class to a uh, a guy in the army, you know, like a 23 year old kid walks by and he's like, you know what? I should give him my seat, you know, young man, thank you for your service. And he's like, you're such a nice man. Oh, wow. And he's like, I never did it. Of course, I'm not. It's my seat. I'm not giving that up. Right. But he like patted himself on the back for for his little believies. <laughs> that's that's so funny.
1: That's good. Um, you know, one more thing here, Park. Uh, yeah. Uh, I noticed an interesting parallel between Jackson and as a Schaefer. So on one ninety four, one ninety four. Here's what he says. This is down towards the bottom where he's talking about. Philosopher of Science, Karl Popper. Yeah. He says, Philosopher of Science, Karl Popper, certainly no mystic, regarded thinking itself as a logical extension of the Darwinian process. A creature that cannot think must solely embody its being. Uh, Right here, pause right here. Think about um, in... uh, Oh, what's the third book of the Space Trilogy called? C.S. Lewis's book.
0: Oh, uh... Now, now I can't remember. Oh, uh, that hideous strength!
1: Yeah, that hideous strength. Think about Mister Bultitude, the bear. Yeah. Where, where uh, you get an insight into his mind?
0: Oh, it's so good. If you guys haven't read that, get that book and read that part. It's so good. C.S. Lewis like gives this amazing uh, detail of what it would like, what it would be like to think as a bear.
1: Yes, but the bear is just acting out its nature. <laughs> yeah. He's eating. Because he eats, because he has yeah. a desire and urge to eat. Yeah. Okay. A creature that cannot think must solely embody its being. It can merely act out its nature concretely in the here and now. If it cannot manifest in its behavior what the environment demands while doing so, it will simply die. But that is not true of human beings. We can produce abstracted representations of potential modes of being. We can produce an idea in the theater of the imagination. We can test it out against our other ideas, the ideas of others or the world itself. And here's why I say this reminds me of Francis Schaeffer. I think it's in The God Who Is There. Francis Schaeffer talks about man with relation to God and with relation to the uh, beasts yeah. and and even robots, other inanimate um, sort of uh, un- Unself-aware, non-self-aware, animate things, creatures, yeah. and he says, with relation to between man and God, in terms of being, there is an infinite gap. We are on the side of the animals yep. and the robots.
0: We call this in theology the creator-creature distinction. Exactly. Yep.
1: However, in that's in term, in terms of like our being. However, in terms of our self-awareness, mm. in terms of our, our rationality, our minds, we are actually on the side of God and there is an infinite chasm between us and the beasts and the robots. Not that we think at the level of God, but right. the very fact that we think categorically, the fact that we think and are self-aware, that we don't, as Peterson or, or Popper says, we don't merely act out our being, mm-hmm. we can actually um, envision different courses of action. You know, yeah. we call this freedom. We call this, we call this the will. We call yeah. this reason. The fact that we have reason creates an infinite chasm between us and the beasts and the robots. And uh, I, th- I just thought that was an interesting yeah. parallel there between Peterson and Schaefer. Schaefer, of course, writing a generation. You know, previously, but yeah. a lot of similarities there.
0: Well, and then going one generation uh, earlier than that, Herman Boving talks about that in his uh, Christian Worldview, which just came out from Crossway. It's an awesome book. It was just, uh, didn't just come out as if he wrote it uh, right. 100 years later, right? But it was just translated from the Dutch. Mm. And, and Boving says, you know, God is being and everything else in creation is becoming. Like, you're never there. But in man, man is being and becoming. And people are like, "Ooh, are you like associating with God?" And It's like, well, only insofar as God is associated man with God that we're his image bearers. And so he he also talks about this this ability to think. Um, it's it's funny because Peterson right here he's he's not using the words, but he's talking about you know possible world semantics. Like you're in a, in imagination, you're using possible world semantics. If I were to throw this pen over there, what would happen? You can imagine what would happen there. It's not perfect or whatever, but you know. Uh, which is so cool and that's that's our ability. Um, Pascal said, we're the thinking reed. you know we uh, are like a reed in the wind. we're this just created thing blowing around. We're tiny, you know, we're consumed by all this uh, space that's pushing in on us, but yeah. in contemplating it, we consume space. like in it, being able to think about who said that uh, that was Pascal in his oh yeah man yeah, you love pascal yeah it's good man so there's like there's all these themes that, that keep coming up a lot of christian thinkers have been thinking through this that yes of course we're on this side you know uh um there's something else i want to talk about with bavink but they also say you know we're in the image of god we're we're different so different philosophers talk about this with the use of language you know so i've been thinking about this a lot with this donald davidson argument argument i'm thinking through you say a, a dog barked up the wrong tree, and we can say that we attribute mm-hmm. propositional thoughts to a dog, but I, I don't think that dogs have propositional thoughts, because what in what sense? Like we say he barked up the wrong tree, but what if he's barking up the largest tree in the neighborhood, or what if he's barking up the tree with this kind of bark? What if he's, bar- you know, the, what aspect are we talking Am about? I, here? I'm not following you. Okay, you so mean? it's called. Are we, are aspect- we saying that? It's the and aspect. Say problem. the dog
1: is barking at the wrong tree. Somehow, like anthropomorphizing the dog or something. Yes. I just figured like there's a squirrel in a tree, and the dog just gets the tree wrong.
0: Right. So we're attributing this thought to him as if he thinks the way we do. He's he's barking. He's he's obviously looking for the the squirrel. We know yeah. that. Yeah. But does is he looking for? This gray uh blob? Is he looking for this big mouse? Yeah, he's is following he looking his nose. For, is he yeah, but right, he's following his nose. He's not thinking, uh, I'm going after this squirrel. Right? He doesn't have that word for squirrel. That's sure, easy. Sure. But then again, he is he distinguishing squirrel from cat there? What if he thinks it's like the small cat? What if he thinks it's the big rat? Like, how do we know what this dog is thinking? Because he's not really thinking the way we think. Right. He doesn't have language to determine the aspect that he's thinking about. And without that language I don't think you have propositional thought, which is interesting man obviously yeah. he's thinking something but it's not the way we think we're so there's this huge gap like you there's said an infinite not, gap yeah and then we're still in the circle that's completely separate from the one whom we image which is crazy
1: yeah it's good man it's good now um the the um the problem, Peterson. I think we've articulated what he's saying and some of the the speed bumps he hits along the way, and, and even some of the brick walls that he's he's that are sort of stopping him from fleshing, uh, taking his argument all the way, you know, as far as it needs to go. Right. But every single worldview runs into these obstacles. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, oh, there there are there's there are as many worldviews out there, really. I mean, as there, there are. People- as there are people, right? Yeah. But of course, there are these broader categories. And, you know, some say that the meaning of life is to be good, or the meaning of life is seeking pleasure now. You know, mm-hmm. Peterson would, would disavow the latter and probably more affirm the former. Um, the meaning of life is to do the most good for the most people, or, or um, the old Arnold Schwarzenegger worldview, which says uh, self-improvement. Is the the biggest? Uh, have you, did you ever see that old video of him where he's talking about self improvement? How he, it's every, the it's, like, of
0: it's in like last action Hitler. hero or something, right? And he's got like this really tight shirt on.
1: Uh, no, it's from when he was a bodybuilder, like in okay.
0: the '70s. Okay. He's, I was maybe oh, when he's that talk, that is he talking about Hitler and stuff? Um, you heard that one, that one's wow. It's from Pumping Iron. Oh, um, the old. He's like, yeah, you know, I looked up to, like, these really powerful men, like, you know, like a, a Stalin or, like, a Hitler, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm right. Uh, this it's guy probably really not bad. soon enough to be saying that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense why California elected him governor, though. California, yeah.
1: California. Yes, let me be a dictator.
0: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I was thinking about e world stuff the other day. What's that? I was thinking about e bomb's world. I, I don't know why it came up, but just like, oh, 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 oh we were watching uh, Total Recall with Arnold, and all the quotes are coming up that I didn't know were from that one. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, so classic, and all of them came back, and then copy, um, oh idiot. Know, yeah, so good. That wasn't in there, but I there's ones with swears that I can't say. Like what? Yeah. Uh, so, anyways. <laughs>
1: so all right. So so there's all you know there's all these different uh, proposed meanings of life family legacy be yourself you know self-interest making authentic decisions and at the end of the day how do we differentiate one man's meaning from another man's meaning Mm -hmm. and peterson man he gets close Mm -hmm. this idea of sacrifice this idea of living for beyond what's expedient it gets close but uh, it ultimately comes up short and the biblical worldview does provide the answer. The, the, the purpose of life, the purpose of life, image God, glorify God as he's created you to do it, and really know God through Jesus Christ. You know, yeah. the, the the biblical meaning of life, I mean, you, you get it in in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, you get a sort of a, a proto version of it, fear God and obey his commands, Yep. right? But by the time we get to the New Testament, we, we've got this fully orbed View of what it means to know God. It, it's not. It's even beyond serving and glorifying God. You know, Psalm yeah. one hundred one oh, yeah, says, true. "Make a make a joyful noise to the Lord." But then you get to Ephesians chapter one, three through fourteen, and you see the intimate, deep, uh, predestinational yeah. uh, sovereignty of God in your life. How He's
0: chosen you to know Him to yeah. be with Him. And yeah, it's like, and it's, that it's, is it's meaning. It's it's more. Yeah. So what you're saying it's it's more than like the good soldier because yes. like, I'm a good soldier for God. Right. You know, I put in work and, you know, I'm grinding out. And it's not less than that, but it's. No, great. no, no. And it's like you get some hints of that in the Old Testament, but you got to follow the biblical theological, uh, you know, thread all the way through. And it's, like, oh, well, I want eternal life. Eternal life's going to be cool. I'll serve God. And Jesus is like, this is eternal life. You know, believe the one whom God sent. That's me. You know, and it's like, oh, he is. Well, is, is he the way too? Oh, he's the way. And well, he, he says that's the work of God. He says the work of. He God says both. He says eternal life. He is says this. eternal life is to know that you believe in that you know God and believe this in is the one He sent.
1: That we may know God and Jesus but, Christ whom me has sent.
0: Though I think it's the one He sent, but yeah, uh,
1: let's get the exact quote.
0: This is eternal life.
1: Yeah, John seventeen three. Now this is eternal life. This is in Jesus's high priestly prayer. This is where he's praying for his disciples, both the ones right then and there at that time, but then also the ones who would, who would believe through him. Anyway, it's John seventeen three. It's not coming up for me, but he says that, that they may know God and Jesus Christ,
0: uh, whom you have sent. I think. Yeah, and then and then also the work of God, right? So like, well, I, w- is- I want to work for God. Well, what's the work of God? Well, believe. In Christ, yeah, yeah. Believe in the one He sent. Yeah, yeah. So awesome, man. It's good, and that's good. that's a meaning that you can ground your whole life in, oh. and that's a meaning that you can lose your whole life for. You know, that's correct. That's to to lose it is to gain it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it sounds paradoxical. That's what Peterson is hinting at. That's what he's he's driving people towards. Yeah. But if you just follow that advice, then you'll lose your soul. If it's just about here, if it's just about putting off things for physical gain, you know, I don't think Peterson would say that either. I think he'd say he wants to talk about, you know, leaving a legacy and stuff like that. But yeah, man, it's about knowing the one who made you. Love it. Connect
1: with the Think Institute by going to thethink.institute. Get all the episodes of Sons of Thunder just by adding a slash podcast. To that web address, get more from Parker Senecace, my little brother, who's uh, appearing in this video with me, my video today.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, great.
1: By going to parkerstadikas dot com, and um, you you still doing your blog, Parker's Pensees? I
0: am, I am. I I think I'm going to call it Parker's Pensees, man. I think I'm just going to give in.
1: Pensees.
0: I sound so pretentious. I don't speak French. I might just call it Pensies and be like, "Sorry, man, we're we're Americans. That's how we Why get I down." One day, just call it Parker's Ponderings. No, Parker's, too late. Parker's, Parker's Pontifications. Man, you should have been there when I started this. Those are all better. I like that. <laughs> well, so I hope that uh, this one was very. Um, what's a word I want to say? Expedient for? No, 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 not Expedient. No. I hope. I hope it was very meaningful for you. Yes,
1: very pragmatic. No, no, very, <laughs> very timely, timeless, yes. even. All right, so. Um, Okay. Hope it, uh, hope it. Hope it. Uh, hope it. Hope uh, it entered you into the mind of a bear. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hope it boiled your lobsters. Because <laughs> we're all terrible. just lobsters. Those are our, our precious grandparents. <laughs> that's
1: right. Yeah. Respect your elders. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, that's about enough. All right. See ya.